0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Bitter Rivals podcast. This is episode 108. Is that what you just said? Nine. nine, 109 109. of the Bitter Rivals podcast. Uh, It's been a couple weeks since we talked to you last. Gatano had a nice little extravaganza to Montreal, watched a couple Habs games. So we'll get his take on that later in the show. Um, But let's get this started, as always, with a little bit of Leafs chatter, because the Leafs here. Oh, by the way, my name is Avery, and this is Gatano, if you weren't talking (laughs) to me to introduce us and this show is powered by 91 and back to the Leafs and honestly fuck the Leafs it's back to William Nylander (laughs) this guy is on just like on another planet right now he he cannot be stopped and he's doing it in like just big pressure situations like this guy goes to his hometown plays in front front of most of his family for the first time in person puts up three points one game and then scores the overtime winner in two points in the second game and probably should have been named player of the game for both games. But they can't give him two rollies because he's already got 10 back at home, right? So, yeah, I, lie, I was
1: so I missed the first game. I was so confused when they gave him third star. I was like, what what do you mean?
0: <laughs> and no. then the
1: commentator made the joke that they can't that he could have a Rolex on. each can. I was like, oh, OK,
0: OK. I yeah, <laughs> they had, yeah. so the NHLPA and the NHL teamed, teamed up to give these guys Rolexes for their, their player of the game trophies in, uh, in this global series, which was fantastic, by the way. I thought the whole thing was very well done. Ny- Nylander was, is a complete rock star in that country. Like, I think he might be the most famous Swedish person at this point. Like, right um, now.
1: Off the top of my head, I can't, uh, maybe he's maybe Latin, but even then, like...
0: Like he's he's older now, is Like I, I know where you're coming from. Yeah, but I think from. but I think
1: he's 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 still probably at that level. I think they probably like a similar level of rock star in Sweden.
0: Well, this guy had Swedes lined up around like multiple city blocks, like thousands of them, just to get a glimpse at this guy. He is a rock star in that country, and he is a rock star on the ice right now. Every goal he scores, his every point he gets, his AAV goes up by another hundred thousand dollars. And if like it's getting to a point where it's like, okay, like, this isn't funny anymore. Sign this guy to a con. <laughs> like, before this gets out of hand. Because he's playing himself into a record-setting deal right now, the way that he is playing. And, and, and we talked about this briefly before the show. I wanted to save most of the, this debate for the show. To me, he's the best player in the world right now. Um, McDavid's in in a slump. He does not look like McDavid. His, the quickness of the hands at, at high speeds just isn't happening right now. And I've said a thousand times, that's what makes McDavid McDavid. And he's just not doing it. And you do have an argument with those three guys out in Vancouver. Well, for me, you have an argument for two of them. To me, JT Miller's just in the right place at the right time right now. Elias Patterson's been fantastic. And Quinn Hughes is Quite obviously, he's for 140 defense. points, <laughs> he, he's the best defenseman in the world right now. He's he's tied for the league lead in points still. Is that correct? Um,
1: I'm double check. I'm pretty sure as of recording, yes. But I'm double checking right now. Uh yeah. So him and Pedersen and Miller are all sitting on 28 points.
0: Okay. Last I checked, they were all tied at 26. So they've they they're continuing their dominance. Uh, although Vancouver as a team has struggled a little bit as of late since they lost to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, a week ago, yesterday,
1: yeah. so
0: they've they've kind of hit a little bump in the road. Demco's still been good. Those three have obviously been very good. They're tied for the league meeting in points, but um yeah, they're leaving like, a lot to be desired like, as a team. Yeah, like like I said to you, though, going back to Willie Nylander being
1: best player in the world, like it was hard to disagree. I I, I didn't want to immediately agree,
0: but I found it very hard to disagree. It's just the moments like that. He's like he's such a finisher. He he. He plays his best in the toughest of moments. And this goes back years. This goes back yeah. multiple playoffs now. When the time comes and somebody needs to step up, he is always the one that steps up, man. Um, to me, it's become extremely clear that as of right now, he definitely deserves more money than Mitch Marner. Mitch Marner does not look like he has for his entire career to this point, to be honest with you. He's looked so dangerous. Uh, And he seems to be just, he's not looking before he makes a pass. He seems to be giving the puck away like crazy and in really, really crucial moments. And it's a really bad look for him because of, especially because Nylander's been so good. Yeah, He's really played himself ahead of Marner in the depth chart, in my opinion. Like this guy is just on a ridiculous heater. And I'm not saying that you should move the line that he plays with. Like, I'm not saying he should move on to the first line. What I'm saying is... He's just been better than Mitch Marner, right? Like a lot better. This, this guy's got, I believe now it's a 17-game streak to start the season, uh, point streak. That is, that is a that is a Toronto Maple Leaf record. Probably will never hit the NHL record, which is 52, set by Wayne Gretzky in 1984-1985.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, <laughs> I mean, but, but that, that's like that—that's
1: the—that's the level. That's like the standard that he's playing at. Is that's you know. Like, that that, that comparison's not, not that it's not ridiculous, but it's not totally batshit insane.
0: Yeah, and like I already said, for him to be able to, to deal with the pressure of going to Sweden and all of the media obligations even that he had to take care of this week while he was there all of the family obligations that he had to take care of this week while he was there. And he still found a way to go out there and put up two multi-point, multi-point games and, and an overtime winner in a crucial game where the Leafs did not look good for a vast majority of that game. Um, and, and he just, he erased it all with one drop of the shoulder and cut to the net. And what a goal it was. That overtime winner was absurd. Uh, so just for reference for
1: l- listeners and viewers, uh, that game finished, what, about 15 minutes ago? 20 minutes ago Uh-oh. it's been about a half an hour now maybe yeah yeah,
0: but uh, yeah so yeah
1: like we woke up and watched his game
0: and uh yeah like as soon as he picked up the ave i was like that's oh, done that's it yeah that's exactly what i said as soon as he <laughs> cut to the outside there and dropped his shoulder and so oh, no that no no, oh, no i'm like i'm talking like before i'm when he picks up the puck in the neutral zone i was like oh, this is it well actually where he gets that puck he takes a he takes a pass from morgan riley up the sidewall yeah like in his own zone and then he just cuts across you I think it was who was, was that Johansson that he was up against there I want to say it was Yo- I know definitely he beat a forward uh cutting to the net I don't know if it was Johansson or well he t- it was the same guy The whole, I, it wasn't Zuccarello so it must have been Johansson but he turned that guy inside out like three oh. different times like three different times and then just I'm bigger stronger and faster than you drop the shoulder cut to the net and he scored on the wild like that earlier this year, actually cutting to the net, and he went all the way around. He waited out. I think it was Gustafson in that. It wasn't uh Flurry. But Flurry knew that. Goes to poke check him, and what does he do? Ships it short side. Yeah. Perfect. Disgusting Perfect. goal. Like absolutely filthy. To, uh, just the quick hands, the power. Unbelievable. Unbelievable to see. And you just knew it was gonna be him. It had to be him to finish that game. Right? Like, he, he's just on another level right now. And I, that's how I opened the show, is talking about this guy's just otherworldly doings right now. It's so fun to watch. And and do you know what I absolutely loved? Watching Nick, Nick Kiprios' negativity this morning on that panel. And all I could think about was his proposition of the Leafs a couple of years back, trading William Nealander to the Anaheim Ducks for Nick Ritchie and Brandon Montour. <laughs> That was his trade proposition a few years ago. Yeah, and like, look, we know Kepper's a fucking moron.
1: Like, just n- a complete, not a smart guy. Complete moron. But like, even that's like, like just like next level fucking stupid.
0: Yes, he's and I loved his argument today. Austin Matthews only averaged thirty thirty assists a season throughout his career. If he's going to make the most money in the NHL, he has to pass the puck more. Kipper wants to take the puck off the stick of the most deadly shooter on the planet. That's just if you need to know something about ho- Kipper's hockey IQ. He actually suggested that Austin Matthews should should adopt a pass first mentality.
1: Yeah, he's just he's just he's just fucked. He's literally just a fucking moron.
0: That uh, is so- one of the most moronic takes I think I've ever heard. This is a guy who has scored 60 goals in the National Hockey League. This is a like, like Nick Kiprios. Let's talk about Nick Kiprios for a second. Austin Matthews, so far this season, I would bet money has more goals than Nick Kiprios had in his entire National Hockey League career. Give me a minute. Nick Kiprios uh, just has no idea what he's talking about. Are and we you know,
1: going NHL totals?
0: yeah
1: 442 games 46 goals 44 assists for 90 points and okay. 1200 penalty minutes
0: so he okay. might have so Matthews he doesn't have it yet. but to be clear Austin Matthews once scored in just over 70 games more goals than Nick Kiprios had in over 450 is that correct uh 442 just under 450. Sorry, cut you. I I, I kind of cut you at the knees there, Kipper. Yeah, no, <laughs> he has absolutely no right to be talking about Austin Matthews and and his shoot first mentality, which he absolutely should have, as the most deadly shooter in the league. Yeah. So, like, I, I don't know. Like that's
1: but, fine. It's and it's like to, like I understand you at the beginning of the argument. You understand where he's coming from. He's only averaging 30 assists. But he's averaging 50 goals probably yes. and oriented around that ballpark. Like, that's a fair trade. Like, you don't sit yes. there and tell Ovi to pass more, you don't sit there and tell fucking you know, back in the day, like Ilya Kovalchuk and Danny Heatley to pass more. You know, you put the puck in the fucking net. He's that's also one of for. the
0: strongest defensive forwards in the National Hockey League, yeah, without a doubt. So, Kipper just like. If you're really going to question Austin Matthews' value at 13.5 million, where he left money on the table, like you absolutely have no idea what you're talking about. If that's what you're suggesting, I'm sorry. And Nick Kiprios might be the worst hire in Sportsnet history, and they've got some bad ones. <laughs> well, he's he's been a moron
1: forever. I remember back in the day when Shea Weber was playing with the Habs, and he got injured. Nick Kiprios was the first one to tweet, "Oh, like." Got some insider stuff like Shea Weber's career is over, and then Shea Weber literally dressed that night. Like, I like he's l- literally just the stupidest man on fucking TV right now.
0: Yeah, like he he absolutely should not be on TV. He should not. No, it's and like I, I can't believe
1: that he has a podcast that's one of the most successful hockey podcasts. Like it's 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 ridiculous.
0: Yeah. Anyway. Let's move on and let's talk a little bit about your experience in the city of Montreal. You were there, you got to experience a couple games, uh win against the Bruins and a oh. loss against the Rolling Vancouver Canucks. Why don't you tell us a little bit about those games?
1: So, we will start with the Canucks game cuz uh you know, there was a, a slightly less to talk about. What I will say is it, it is insane to watch Quinn Hughes play live. Mhm. Like the absolute total control he has of the entire ice surface when he's on there is ridiculous like every time he touched the puck there was like a you could feel like the air leave the bell center it's like oh he's gonna do something like he's gonna he's gonna walk somebody he's gonna fucking fire a you know 60 foot fucking stretch pass like it was was incredible to walk i think we kept him quiet only the one or two points only one or two points right um yeah, he that was just so fucking cool to watch. Like he is, we we've kind of shit on him a little bit in the past for not being what we expected from him. Uh, he's blown all of our expectations away. Uh, to start the season, what like, seventeen games in, just a superstar.
0: It was yeah. so fucking cool to watch. He but, dances out there, man. He dances. Oh, I I'm I'm so happy for you that you got to see him live. Truly, like there were so many times where like
1: he's getting, like, four checks. You're like, okay, like, someone's gonna come, you know, Pizzetta's gonna fucking finish his check, fucking steal the puck off him. Anderson, like, any of those guys. And he just fucking, like, just, I don't know how he did it. He just walked through all of them perfectly, and then made, like, the perfect breakout pass, or took off with the puck himself. Like, he was just or, you know, he'd be, like, on the blue line and, you know, someone like Jake Evans or Nick Suzuki would be pressuring him. And you're like, hey, like, oh, we might get a break here. And then, nope, little fucking spinnerama And now it's a 5-on-4 because fucking the 4-checker's gone. Like, it was just stupid to watch. It was
0: so fucking sick. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's one of... He, he's shown himself to be one of the most talented players in players, the league. Yeah. Not just like, defenseman Yeah, yeah like I was just about to say, team we're team not team even team limiting team. him to that, yeah. Like, no, he's he's on another level right now. And... You know what? When, His brother just just came back yesterday from injury too. Goal and assist. Like he's not going to stop either. Jack Hughes. They, the Hughes brothers are are so good. And we said this before.
1: The thing with like Quinn though is like it's not even that he's like running away with the Norris here. Like he's putting himself in heart contention if the Canucks have a decent year. Yeah. Like, like that's batshit shit insane. <laughs> yeah. And, and, like it's it's a real possibility that fucking two Hughes brothers are finalists
0: for the fucking heart yeah no for sure and, and that's not to take anything away from what Elias Patterson's been doing because Eli- Elias Patterson has been oh God, fantastic yeah. for them as well JT Miller has put up points I don't particularly like JT Miller but that's the conversation for another day um, but you're right he's definitely working his way into that MVP p type talk and I think a big reason for that is not only is he an absolute wizard with the puck he's so good without it too oh yeah for a guy that is not a very large person he no he's like comically small pardon he is comically small (laughs) and but he knows how to separate guys from the puck like it's very hard to do what he does at his size yeah and he's like
1: not not even that he's good at it. He is phenomenal at it. Exactly. Like, it's it's incredible. He's genuinely like become one of my favorite players in the league to watch.
0: Just he's so 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 good. Absolutely. So that was uh, that was a loss for Montreal against Vancouver. Yes, yeah, so we lost five two. Uh, and you know it wasn't even any of the big guns scoring. Connor Garland
1: put up a couple. Like, it was just not a. Second night of a back-to-back, Habs weren't feeling great. You know, it'd be like that. A big, big emotional uh, drain on Saturday night, beating the Boston Bruins uh, in overtime, which uh, was just one of the fucking coolest things I've ever experienced live. (laughs) Um, So, starting off with the Bruins scoring on their very first shot of the game, like 30 seconds in, and, like, I turned to my sister, and I looked at her, and I'm like, we're fucked. This is, like, we're fucked. Um... And obviously, uh, you were paying attention to the game last night. The Habs lost 5-2. Uh, that was kind of what I was expecting at that point. I'm like, fuck. Like, they've scored on their first shot. Like, it's going to be a fucking demolition. Habs actually fought back pretty well. Uh, took till the third period to get it tied up. Two goals uh, in quick succession, 27 seconds apart from Suzuki and Gallagher. Uh, Brad would were tied up a little later in the third. And then, uh, yeah, in overtime, Caden Gooley fucking lit the bell center on fire. It was... Uh, I might clip the the fucking clip in here. Oh, shit, no, I can't, because we'll get busted for fucking copyright by the NKL. But still, it was fucking sick. It was so fucking sick. Uh, Worth every penny of that trip. Uh, And I said to my sister as we were leaving the Bell Centre, because it was limbs. Like, the concourse was fucking going mad on the way out. The fucking blocks around the Bell Centre were going mad. I'm like, that's a regular season win in November. I can't imagine how fucking insane this place is after, like, a playoff win. Like, it was... Just electric. So fucking good.
0: Yeah, sounds like it, man. I'm uh, happy that you got to experience that. You also got a couple of, uh, couple of souvenirs. Why don't you tell us about those?
1: Oh, yeah, Phil. Okay. We'll start it off with the, uh, the warm-up puck from the Vancouver game. So the Bruins game, they sold them out. These they I don't know if other teams do this, but they have sell their warm-up pucks uh, uh, during the first intermission of their games. It's always nice snagging one of those. And then Give me a second to go off camera here.
0: Ugh. Do, 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 do. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: I'm coming, I'm do, coming. Do, do, so, do, do, do. player equipment sale at the Bell Center. So, uh, your boy snagged some fucking, got some new mitts. My boy, Arturi Lekkinen. So, we got these bad boys. I'll be dropping these and beating the shit out of you, out of you with these uh, in the ODR in a couple weeks, hopefully. But yeah. So, we got a nice <laughs> new pair of. Fun. Yeah, I know. It's going to be like a month and a half, two months, but still. Oh, uh, yeah. So we got my fucking Arturi and gloves, which are just the best. In the background. Can you still hear me, Avery?
0: Yes, we can hear you.
1: Got myself some pants. Uh, they don't have a number or anything on them, but uh, they're definitely used because they smell like absolute ass. Yeah. And then finally, I don't know how well this is going to show on camera. But we got ourselves an Arbor Jack Eye fucking. Oh, yeah. Right. Trying to get it. Arbor Jack Eye, pro stock stick. Oh, yeah. Are you going to play with it or are you going to frame it? Oh, I'm playing with it 110%. Okay, that's
0: that's a good, that's the right answer.
1: Yeah, yeah. not None, none of that
0: stuff, unless it was like
1: autographed, it would be going up. But like just back torn and like game use stuff. Like, yeah, fuck, I'm
0: wearing it. Hundred percent, yeah. I, I would like to know who those pants belong to. I'm interested. I now. know
1: there's 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 no indicator, like there's no number, no like name, nothing in there. I was like, fuck. So I'm like they, the only thing I know is basically they're not Cole Caulfields and they're not like Shea Webers because they're a medium. So it's like
0: could be like anybody. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I I would just like do some research and see what kind of pants guys wear and compare. I mean,
1: like I could like they are Warrior pants, which I'm super fired up books. because I'm a big Warrior guy. I think we've talked about this on the show before. Yeah, big warrior yeah. guy. Yeah, but yeah, no. Uh, yeah, all in all, a, a phenomenal trip. Um, Actually, the one one last thing on it, super like special uh, both nights. So obviously, the Saturday night was Remembrance Day, so it was Military Appreciation Night. They had yeah. brought out uh, a Korean War vet to drop uh, the puck, and then uh, Forge also sponsored. I want to say they did seventy something tickets uh, for current and former uh, military. Uh, people uh to be in attendance that was really cool and then uh sunday night was hockey fights cancer night and uh i will tell you for free that when those kids uh so they had the kids stand with the players uh for the anthem so when those kids were getting introduced there wasn't a dry eye in the fucking building it was uh it's a really cool moment to be a part of wish the habs would have maybe got the result to kind of top it off but uh you know even with the loss like it was just a, a special 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 night
0: absolutely those always are the hockey fights cancer night it would have been nice if they could have worn some jerseys though wouldn't it oh absolutely cuz i absolutely would have ended up buying one too like yeah. i i like,
1: i've already got one like but if you had said oh like i was at the game where they wore them absolutely i was getting one
0: yeah for sure absolutely you should you should have but because of gary batman's stupid rules you could not yeah all right and what else let's just keep it on the Habs here um what else happened this week?
1: Yeah, we're in a little bit of a skid. So lost four in a row starting with the Vancouver game. Uh, I think actually Marty St. Louis kind of put it best. Because uh, we were a, not a role to start the season, but we are doing kind of well to start the season. Uh, and things have kind of gone off the rails. And he said, you know, they were maybe putting band-aids on things that needed minor surgery, which happens when you're winning games. Um, you know, you try not to change too many things. It's starting to fall apart a little bit. Uh, the depth scoring has kind of dropped off. Um, a guy, a guy like Josh Anderson still doesn't uh, have a goal this year, which is tough. Uh, as of so before last night's game, he was actually thirty second in the league in terms of expected goals with six point three five, I think it was. Uh, still hasn't got one, so he's getting himself those opportunities. Uh, like it, this can be say, same can be said for a lot of guys. They're getting those opportunities. They're getting themselves in the spots. It's just posts and crossbars and fucking you know bobbling pucks and just that kind of bullshit. Um the goaltending's kind of dropped off a little bit. Not that any of them are playing particularly bad. It's just they were playing at a way higher level to start the season, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Like they're kind of, you know, above above where they probably should have been uh, to start. Yeah. So they've kind of they've kind of come down to earth. Uh, the defense has kind of come down to earth a little bit too. So, but this is a young team. This is, you know, par for the course is something you're gonna have to go through a little slump hopefully we kind of turn it around here in a bit but uh yeah it's been it's been basically what i've expected from from the haves because you know you're gonna have some good games you're gonna have some fucking shit games you know as long as we kind of stay competitive in games which we have been uh you know it's not like the disharm era where we would get fucking where it was like five nothing at the end of the first you know what i mean like we're losing games but it's not we're not getting destroyed so I have full faith that Marty can turn this around, and uh, hopefully by next week we can maybe uh, have a win or two to talk about.
0: Yeah, and just uh, talked a lot about William Nylander at the beginning of this episode, but talking about the Leafs as a whole, it was huge to get that win on Saturday night, as I talked about before the uh, or no, I guess I didn't talk about that win because you were away. But I yeah, no, haven't talked about that. That win on Saturday, they were going through a little bit of a dry spell and. It was becoming abundantly clear. Um, the win against Vancouver on Saturday night was huge. Obviously, the win against Calgary the night before was big, but the Saturday night against Vancouver on the second half of a back-to-back against that hot team, that was really really big for them to uh, to get done because they didn't play again until Friday afternoon at two p.m. First game in Sweden uh, against the Detroit Red Wings. They went down three-one, I believe. I believe it was three-one. I think. And they were. then they came back and. Uh, Won it in regulation, 4-3. I don't believe they got the empty netter. No, they did not, because I was hoping William Nylander was going to get it so that my <laughs> uh, multi-goal scorer, William Nylander, that would cash, but it did not. Uh, he only had one, unfortunately. <laughs> but regardless, getting those two wins in Sweden, not only because they were in Sweden, in, in terms of just where we sit and, and where we were going there, it... It's really nice, regardless of how it happened. Like I mentioned today, we did not play our best game in the world. We we probably didn't start as hot as we would have wanted to against Detroit. There was definitely places where, where they're going to need to improve. Um, injuries have a big part to do with that. John Klingberg's been out.
1: Uh, like, little... like, don't say that that's fucking impacting your team in a negative way.
0: Well, <laughs> to be honest with you, the game that he played against Vancouver was the best game that he's played as a Leaf. He looked great. John Klingberg I mean,
1: that's not saying my because he looked like absolute
0: ass every other yeah. game but that's what I'm saying is he looked really really good and okay. that doesn't change the fact that we have to somebody else has to play in that position right like we're playing right now and nothing against William Legison. I think even after everybody's healthy he deserves to stay with this team William Legison has been fantastic but we're playing with Simon Benoit uh, Margier Dano's playing over 20 minutes a night as at 40 years old. That's not sustainable. We've talked about that at length. So, we need Lilly Grin back. We need Connor Timmins back, like for sure. I, this fourth line that we have right now, dude, I can't imagine like what Ryan Reeves is feeling. I feel so bad for him sitting in that press box because he's looking at this going, I'm never playing again. I'm actually never like he, that fourth line with Bobby McMahon um, David Kampf and Noah Greger, they're just, they're quick, they forecheck, they draw penalties, they produce sometimes when they, when we need a goal, like Noah Greger has been so good at that, he, he's so good at using his speed to get an opportunity, and then actually putting the puck on net, and maybe it's not the greatest shot in the world, but it's on net, and anything can happen, right? And he scored a couple goals this year just doing that. Just just wheeling up the wing and putting the puck on net. And um, every game that they play together, those three, it's just... Ryan Reeves is never going to play in the blue and white ever again. Like, there's no way. It would be absolutely asinine to break those those guys up right now. They're just... Bar- barring so injuries good. is fine, Like, for sure. They've been so good. Like, they've been so, so good. And the third line as well like obviously the the third line with me Nie- or the second line with Nylander Tavares and Bertuzzi's been been great Bertuzzi's look fantastic but that third line with uh Max Domi centering Nick Robertson and Callie Arnkrog they look fantastic Max Domi looks like he's coming to his own he's got nine assists on this on the season now uh Nick Robertson has come up from the AHL and and has not stopped producing the way that he was producing down in the A um and yeah, I, as I briefly mentioned, the second line's just just on a heater, and I think it has a lot to do. Obviously, it has everything to do with William Nylander, but the reason that the line is producing at the rate that it is is because Tyler Bertuzzi's finally kicked the, kicked it into gear here. He looks comfortable, and that's what he needed to do. What it, it is just become comfortable, and and the difference is amazing. He's he's such a battler, that guy, and he he's. God's skill, too. Like, that little dish that he made after winning the puck against Justin Noted notedly, uh, winning the puck battle, taking that out to the front of the net, and then that backdoor dish to John Tavares was just, like,
1: perfect. I found it so weird when people were writing off Bertuzzi after the first, like, 10 games. It's like he's in a new environment, new team, new city, like, new role, let's be honest. Like, he's never been, you know... That kind of uh, like that expectation's never really been on him, like to that level. I like you knew he was a good hockey player. You knew he was going to turn it around and find you know this game. So just yeah, I was blown away when people were writing him off so so early.
0: Well, he it's because he looked disinterested a lot early in the season. I, I and I think that was just a product of him having to find his way within the team and kind of a little bit of frustration with how that was going. And that's why he looked disinterested at points. But he's found a role with that with that second line on the wing with Tavares and Nylander. Man, they are so good together. And uh, I can't see him I can't see that line ever getting broken up. They all are. They complement each other perfectly. And I'll be honest, the top line with uh, Matthew Nyes, Austin Matthews, and Mitch Marner since the last time we spoke was on they sucked. We'll be honest. For for about a week and a half, they were not great. They did not play great against Detroit. They did not play great against Vancouver. They did not play great against Calgary. And that was that was really shitty to see because Matt Austin Matthews was on a insane heater to start the year. He had 13 goals in 13 games. He's he's up to 14 now in 17, but you just expect more from those guys and and Mitch Marner just I already said it but he's 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 been increasingly frustrating every game um but matthew's had a goal today hopefully that gets him out of it matthew nice had a goal today five on five so hopefully that kind of pulls them out of their funk and um yeah i like where we are right now we don't play again now until friday i forget who we play. i think we played chicago on friday afternoon i think is our next game
1: The Habs play at 3.30 on Friday, so I don't know what the fuck's going on there either. Thanksgiving.
0: That's exactly what it is. (laughs) American Thanksgiving. Yeah. 100%. 100%, that's what it is. And now that we're on the topic of American Thanksgiving, dude, let's be honest. American Thanksgiving is about when you know what you are as a team, right? That's that's always been what people say is by American Thanksgiving, you kind of see what you are, everybody's had time like Tyler Bertuzzi has to get used to their new environment um, and y- you just you have to evaluate you you have to have different points in the season that you evaluate and really stop take a step back and say where are we right and I yeah, think and this is kind of the first checkpoint for that exactly and I think Toronto should be after this little heater that they're on right now and and with the seasons that some of their guys are having I think I think they should be Feeling like they're in a good spot.
1: Yeah, I uh, can't overly argue with you on that. Um, yeah, just you know, near historic paces from you know two of your top three guys is uh, you know obviously great stuff. I would say the Habs are probably in the spot where we expected them to be at this point. Like, I don't think uh, I don't think they're any better or worse than we expected them to be to start. Um, so, yeah, I, I would say it's a, a pretty accurate uh, measuring stick, the American Thanksgiving so far. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I even- can, we, can we stay on there for a second? Any surprises at Amer- American Thanksgiving so far?
0: Um, I think there's a few. I'd have to take a look at the standings just to refresh my memory here. Just give me one second. Right,
1: um, so I'll, I'll, I'll start with this. I've got them up here. Uh, the Boston Bruins
0: yeah how do you
1: lose so many good players over so many years and continue to just be a fucking juggernaut like this? That's what they've always been, my friend. I know. but it's like you you lose fucking Bergeron and Krejci. okay, well, Pavel Zaka is just gonna step up and be your your one c and be fucking dominant. Like it's just it's incredible. it's it's so fucking incredible. and I hate it so much because I hate them so much. but yeah, I. As much as I thought they were going to be, you know, still good this year, uh, I would never have predicted the fucking heater that they've had to start, like one regulation loss in sixteen games.
0: Yeah, you uh, you aren't wrong about that. That's absurd. Another one that's a little bit surprising. I'm I'm just seeing here. I'm a little bit shocked that the 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 Florida Panthers are where they are. That as well, like. I know they went to the Stanley cup final last year, but I'm just not a huge believer in them.
1: Yeah. I think I talked about them being having like an okay season, getting themselves into the playoffs and like probably the four spot. Like, yeah, again, like they're just kind of rolling and I don't know if that's maybe got something to do with the Leafs, maybe not having the greatest start, the Tampa Lightning, not having the greatest start, but like, yeah, they are
0: rolling. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Other surprises, I'm surprised that I have my Buffalo Sabres at the bottom here. That's been a little bit, it's been a a rough goal for them.
1: Yeah, and I mean, it was the one thing that I kind of alluded to when we uh, did our season preview was I don't think they've gotten the goaltending yet from Uka Pekalukkanen, from Devin Levi, and I forget who their third one is. Like, they just haven't got that consistency from them yet. And I do, I'm just going to double-check. I'm pretty sure Tage Thompson is hurt, which is never a good thing for them. Well, I,
0: I believe he recent, very recently got hurt. Yes. Yeah, like,
1: yeah, it was uh, it looks like a couple days ago. Yeah, the 14th, uh, and he's expected to miss significant time, uh, according to Elliot Friedman quoting uh, Don Granato, the Sabers
0: coach. So that's tough, tough, tough position to be in if you're the Buffalo savers. Um, yeah. In terms of surprises, not much else. Like I didn't see Pittsburgh being that great and they sit in second last in their division. Uh, the Philadelphia Flyers sitting at nine, seven and one right now. That's a bit of a that's, shock. <laughs> that's surprising. Um, but other than that in the Eastern Conference, I don't see much that's surprising here. The devil's kind of tailing off right now. That's a little bit of, of a shock. Holy shit. The Rangers are 12-2-1. Yeah. Wow. Did not expect yeah. to to see that when I opened this up. Okay, let's move on to the Western Conference. Big surprise for me. Obviously, Vancouver being as good as they've been.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's yeah, they've, they've just been so mediocre for so long. With, like, a, the same core. Like, it's not even that they, like, brought in someone to, like, revitalize. And it's the same core, just,
0: you know turning it up a couple levels here yeah yeah um obviously i don't know if it's a surprise but the oilers suck and they fired (laughs) their coach and it's not looking good in oil country um
1: we were talking about it it might be a shock to some but it's not a shock to me because i've always i've said basically since the inception of this show but the Oilers are dog shit. And they just scrape
0: by because of McDavid and Dreisaitl. Well, and what's happened is Connor McDavid looks mediocre at best right now. Like, he is nowhere near the player that he's been since he came into the league, to be honest with you. He, from the point that he came into the league in 2015 until now, he has been head and shoulders above every single player in the National Hockey League at all times. Yeah. And there's a weakness in that armor right now. He, whether he's playing hurt or he's just frustrated about what's going on in Edmonton and he's sick of coaching changes, I don't know what's going on with him, man, but he looks like Frank Gall- Gallagher from Shameless out there. <laughs> like, that's that's what he looks like right now. He he looks like he's, like, got to go to rehab or something, man. It's It's absolutely crazy. He looks like he's more stressed than anybody has ever been in their lives. And I don't blame him. I, I truly don't blame him. Unless, and like a lot of accusations say, he is Mick GM. And he is secretly pulling the strings over there. In, in which case, I don't feel bad for him.
1: I mean, I think to su- to some extent that's probably true. Uh, you know, I think when you have a... a- generational player like Connor mcdavid yeah, locked down for however many more years his contract and everything is like yeah if you're management you're probably going to run some things by him you know um did did he have you know final say in jay woodcroft getting fired probably not but like, well, according
0: to him he didn't want that to happen
1: yeah and i mean look as much as i don't like Jay Woodcroft and think he had one of the most punchable faces in the history of the NHL. Um, I don't think he, the, the Oilers sucking is not his fault. You know, there's only so much you can do when the goaltenders that you've been given are Stuart Skinner, Jack Campbell, and I don't even know who their fucking third stringer is. Yeah. Like, like, it doesn't matter, you know, unless you build, you know, a uh, Kale McCarr, Adam Fox, Victor Hedman, and fucking, like, I don't know, Quinn Hughes' top 4D core to in front of that, like, you're gonna struggle to keep the puck out of the net. And that's, there's no coaching. You can't coach that. Like, for like this is, this is a management thing. But the fact that Ken Holland still has a job fucking blows my mind. Like, that's the biggest thing here. Is, like, how, and I've said it, I know we've said it a billion times in the show, You have the two best players in the world, or two of the best players in the world. All you have to do is get a fucking goalie and a couple defensemen, and then there you go. Like now, now you're you have the base of a team, and they've they've not done it for years and years and years and years.
0: Yeah, no, I can't argue with you, man. And it's uh, it's tough to watch. I I do enjoy watching it, though. Uh, Oh, it's it's a a, car crash. It's a car (laughs) crash. Exactly. I. It's tough, but I love it. You know, um, all right. Now that we've we've glossed over all of those things, and just like they gloss over all of their their short term issues, um, let's talk about something that happened in Boston—not uh, last night, but the night before. So, yeah,
1: I feel. Yeah, we do know, have to mention this. We don't know all the details, but I'll let you uh, kind of take it here. So,
0: Milan Lucic has taken a leave of absence from the Boston Bruins. Uh, due to a personal incident um, involving a domestic case. That's all we know. That's all yeah. we know. We don't know anything else. There's other things that have been said and reported, but we don't n- know these things to be fact. So we'll leave it at that. Um,
1: yeah, we thought we, 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 we had to. We had to at least like mention the fact that it happened. We don't want to just like. Ignore the fact that that happened, but like Abe so, said, we we don't have any more kind of confirmed facts about it, so we're not going to we're not going to sit here and
0: uh, and speculate. Break it but, down, yeah, no, absolutely yeah. not. But like, other we'll, we'll, than that, we'll, we'll
1: we'll speculate hockey stuff. We're not going to speculate stuff like that. That's uh, no,
0: absolutely not. Not yeah. our place. Not our place at all. So with that, I believe that's all that I have for this episode. Is there anything else that you would like to get off of your chest, Um.
1: So uh, can you pull up the Leafs' schedule for what they have this week? Or is it literally
0: just that one game on the Friday? I believe it's just the one game on the Friday. Maybe we play back-to-back on Saturday. Give me one second. Right, we, so
1: while you're doing, while you're doing
0: we, that, the – oh, sorry. Go ahead. We do. So it's Friday, November 24th, 2 p.m. Thankfully, I have that day off, so I'll be able to watch that game. Uh, followed by Saturday, November 25th, the following night at 7 p.m. So it's a back-to-back, but we do get an extra five hours there. So it's like 29 hours as opposed to like a back-to-back 7 o'clock games or whatever. So that's nice. And that's all that we have before we will talk next.
1: So the Habs are heading out west. uh, So we've got the Ducks in Anaheim on Wednesday, 10 p.m. start time. Just fucking makes me want to cry. Uh, but thankfully against the Sharks on Friday is 3.30, so I'll be watching that one from work. Uh, And then Saturday we have the afternoon game, a 4pm puck drop against the
0: Kings. All right. That is all that we have for this episode. Thank you for listening. This has been episode 109, powered by the game, or no, powered by 91N. My apologies. Uh, We will talk to you next week. Thank you all for listening, and uh, have a great rest of your Sunday.